Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with Welcome to Teenagers with Attitude, the show where a bunch of grown adults sit around and talk about teenagers in tightly colored clothing fighting monsters, and we try to figure out what's going on in the wacky world of fashion as viewed through the eyes of a child, I guess. Uh, I'm We've got a long ways until we get there, but oh man. (laughs) I'm Zach, and joining me this week, we've got Lexi. Hi. Uh, We've got Mike. Hey, I'm also here. Uh, we've got Emily. Yeah, the real Emily this time. <laughs> Jesus. And we've, got, and we've got Luke. It's me. All right, we're all here. Hooray. So uh, this week we have kind of a short, more fact newsable, but it's also super self-indulgent. So the length is going to be canceled out by how much, uh, how how full of ourselves we are. I thought you only did that segment when Mike wasn't here. Zach, when, whenever in this podcast have you not been as self-indulgent as possible? <laughs> this, <laughs> That's true. The existence is- of this podcast is pure self-indulgence. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I-, I thought I was talking about things when Mike's here. Oh, right. So, uh, damn it. I forgot Mike was here. <laughs> <laughs> wow, rude. You don't have to shuffle it based on whether or not I'm here. Mostly because no, I have no idea no, what no, you're talking he... about. <laughs> okay, Mike, well, you're not Mike here it's not about you. It. It's about holding Zach to the inane promises he makes. Yeah, well, don't do that. Then I won't get anything done. Um, so... <laughs> More fat news Uh, basically, uh, in, in case y'all weren't aware, because we didn't really make too much of a big deal about it. In fact, I don't think we announced it anywhere because I'm bad at my job. Uh-huh. Uh But we recently had our fourth anniversary of Teenagers with Attitude. I don't I mean, mem- know the exact date. It was um, about a month ago, I think. I think it's July twelfth. July twelfth. Yeah, I this think is the right. appropriate level of um. Uh, a do to make about a fourth year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, because right. like, we one, didn't two, really. And three, I get five, sure, but like, who gives a shit about four? Well, I, I mean, I don't super care, but uh, one of our listeners, uh, Dylan Lee, I'm gonna give him a shout out. 
uh, reached out to David Yost on Cameo and had him send us a very nice uh, special fourth anniversary message, which was very, very sweet and cool. To be clear, by reached out, you mean paid money. Because well, I mean, that's how paid, Cameo yes, works. That's what that's what Cameo is. Listen, right, I just I just want to specify that it's not like he's on terms with David Yost and like got a <laughs> favor. <laughs> Or That's like correct. David Yost listened to our podcast and liked it. I'm sure he never listened to it. No, but it was a very nice thing to do. It no, was absolutely. Sweet. It was super uh, awesome. And it was really cool to see my favorite Power Ranger from my youth. Congratulate well, us. It was very, very cool. The other thing that's neat about it, and I think that David Yost has said this before, uh, but in his message, um, which Eric, if you want to put the whole thing in here, you can. I'd be fine with that. Um in his message... Oh, you'd be he, fine with him putting an actor you like and <laughs> saying nice things to you? Uh-huh, you, yes. you? You give his permission for that one, yeah. you're okay yeah. with that? <laughs> um, in his message, he 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 acknowledges, because I, um, because I think D- Dylan told him, that we're coming up on the part where Billy exits the show, uh, and he said in his message, like, that's okay, because... Uh, Billy goes on to do cool things on Aquatar and then explore the whole galaxy. So I guess in David Yost's mind, Billy's uh, eventual, uh, well, not end, but like what he goes on to do is just straight up become a Star Trek captain and explore the galaxy, which is it's also I think that's also the official line for what happens. Oh, is it? Okay, I believe so. I I like to think of it less Star Trek captain and more like pulp sci-fi adventurer scientist who goes to like different areas and gets into shenanigans and oh yeah it's more like 40s or 50s style for sure that's true he does have his arms are too big to be in starfleet he wouldn't be allowed (laughs) no can't fit around his arms (laughs) (laughs) i think this was a very cool very sweet thing uh to have been done i do have to question you calling this news in any way zach oh Oh, uh, it, that's, well, okay, so this is talking about things then. This is a thing I want to talk about, because it was nice and I liked it. The headline, uh, David Yost, Power Just Star, acknowledges podcast. <laughs> David Yost was nice to me. I'll write up an article for it, and then it's news. That's how it works. Yeah. Um... So, I actually, yeah. I, I like the idea more that like it's not it's not that he's a great explorer or he's solving mystery, having pulp adventures. I like to think Billy's adventures around the universe is it's more of a hitchhiker's guide kind of thing. Like, like to the aliens, every all of this shit's very mundane, but like he's seeing the sights. He's a, he's a space tourist now. I would like sure. to see this series, by the way. Just make a comic for that, please, Boom Studios. Just make Billy adventures yeah, Billy of Billy, and his <laughs> uh, boyfriend, whichever fucking alien ranger it is, Sestro. Sestro. Sestro, yeah. I was going to say Cisco, and I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> no, now you're back on Star Trek. <laughs> I was thinking more The Flash, but sure, yeah. Oh, see, I was thinking Cisco the thong is the, song. Uh, Cisco's the equation who did the thong song, which is Thank just like you. our thong song, but uh, because they're underwater, the butts move kind of slowly. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so that's it for, uh, for talking about things this week. Um, we had a big one last week, so let's move on to the episode. Um, this is Power Rangers Zeo Season 1, Episode 37, Scent of a Weasel. Uh, apologies uh, to, I assume, most of our listeners who mostly just tune in for the, like, half hour of bullshit before we actually talk about Power Rangers and then uh, 
turn the episode off. Well, we'll do some bullshit in here. I mean, <laughs> listen. Uh, I mean, I mean we, listen, can... we have to get to this episode because holy shit, this it fucking is, episode. It's wow. very dumb. <laughs> it's real it's stupid. So, it's, um, so many it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I, I will say uh, a little bullshit, which is I was trying to... F- I, I, Mike... Uh, pointed out that this is based on Scent of a Woman, the name, right. not the episode, the name. Uh, but I still didn't understand why it was Weasel and uh, Power Rangers, uh, or sorry, Ranger Wiki helps us out here uh-huh. uh, by pointing out that skunks used to belong to the Weasel family, um, how, which, oh, sorry, this episode's about skunks, kind of. Uh, <laughs> however... They are now placed in their own family along with Asian stink badgers. And it, I want to tell you listeners that if you Google Asian stink badger, they're really cute. And I didn't think they would be because they're called Asian stink badgers, which isn't very nice. <laughs> I mean, skunks are adorable. So I would assume stuff related to them are probably pretty cute. Too. That's true. Skunks are really cute. I like skunks them. Are super um, cute. So, Zach, I have a question. When did... When did this change? When, when when did we stop calling skunks weasels? I do not know. I could not tell you. Skunk I did not think that much. I don't That's... think too many people, like contemporary people, know this. So is this oh. another case of the writers of the show being from the 1800s? Or... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is the same thing as like we're going to go submarine. What was it? Su- submarine sub- races. Submarine races. Yeah. The, right. Like, uh, references from the 1940s that they put into the show for some reason. Here's yeah. the thing. It's entirely uh, possible that that little factoid that Zach got off Ranger Wiki was something the Rangers didn't know. They just tried to think of an animal that was similar to a skunk and they wanted to do the scent of a woman pun real bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they just uh, it, was, it was recent that they were changed from not being weasels. Cool. Uh, let's see, know. skunks in the Ornar Carnivora were classified until fairly recently as part of the family. Uh, I'm going to butcher this word. Mustella Day, which includes weasels, uh, and then skipping down a little bit here. Uh, that conventional wisdom, however, came under challenge during the past 15 years when DNA data became widely available. When did this get published? I'm not seeing a year, but it's... It's conceivable we- that when this episode was written, they were still considered part of the weasel family. Absolutely, sure, it's yes. possible, yes. So there you go. Now, now you've had your science minute. So we can move on to the show. Also, I'll um, just say, I've never seen the movie Scent of a Woman. For all I know, this is based on its plot. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it's especially likely to me, but no, I can't I rule don't. it out. The only thing I know about Scent of a Woman is Robert De Niro's performance. Uh-huh. I know no, that he wait. performs in it. Wait. I, he he I plays like mean... a... There's like a, a love triangle where like Robert De Niro is an older blind man who has befriended this younger... G- Younger Hold guy. On, wait a and second. The younger guy, Are and the you younger guy the, is the title "Scent of a Woman" is literal. Yes, uh, the younger what? the younger blind guy is uh, is helping. Sorry, the younger guy who's not blind is helping the blind guy experience things that he's never gotten to. Like there's a, a famous scene where Robert De Niro uh, drives a sport car, sports car around in circles, uh-huh. uh, and just like yeah, they're they're just they're competing for this woman's affections, and you know for. The younger guy, this lady was love at first sight, and for the older guy, this lady was love at first smell, because I guess because of her perfume or something. And yes, yes, Scent of a Woman is literal. Uh, wow. Al Pacino. Okay. Al, pa- Al Pacino. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. It's yep. fine, they're the same person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Anyway, listen, so, I've never actually seen the film. Someone's going to correct me. Anyway, anyway, please do. Anyway, all I was going to say was I just really wanted to hear Jason say, hoo-ah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you get to hear him say that every episode. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> um, so we open... Uh, the, Luke's theory is that this is just the back of the set for uh, <laughs> for the gym and juice bar because it's basically oh. just a brick wall and an empty space. Yeah, I, I, feel like that's a, I feel like that is a highly likely possibility. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's it's supposed to be like you know behind the stage of a fashion show. Um, so like, well, it's not it even behind s- the stage. It's the stage. Yeah, They're no, doing this is like the a runway, oh, right. man. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yes, yes. Um, and we are, uh, we are immediately introduced to Kat and Tanya, who are, uh, kind of holding clipboards and, and seeming, seeming like they're sort of part of this fashion show in some, some way. Yeah, they're part of this, but their role is unclear. Yeah, Yeah. as opposed to Rocky, who enters, whose role is very clear. (laughs) Yes, uh-huh. so Rocky is a fashion model, but he's bad. He's uh, uh, we, we need to talk about this, like, ten-second shot for the next yes. three hours. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, Luke. Okay, so first of all, let's just start with Rocky just struts out in cargo shorts and a polo shirt. Yeah, you know, so this, is, this is rehearsal. I don't think he's wearing the clothes yet. I, I guess, okay, wearing, sure. Yeah, he's just practicing the walk. Okay, all right. But no, Skunk's in the, uh, Skull is in the skunk costume. But he's the only one dressed like the fashion people, though, because you see the other people on the thing, like, this girl's just in, like, t-shirt and jeans, like... I think she's modeling that t-shirt and jeans. No, we see the clothes later, and they're, like, really over-the-top 70s fashion. fashion. They're yeah, really bad. Right. These clothes aren't bad enough to be part of this show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But uh, he's coming out, and he's doing a very bad strut. Uh, he kind of, like, turns to Kat and Tanya and waves at them. And because he's very long it's, time. It's my mom's. <laughs> like, it's not just, a, oh, hey, guys. It's, like, they are right. his entire focus for the rest of the yeah. scene. Which, mm-hmm. I need to, listen. The way he's trying to do a fashion walk is, that's not how models walk. He's just walking. His, like, shoulders are locked, and he's, like, swinging his arms like a robot. (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed Rocky, but that's not that different from how he normally moves. Right. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, this is an incredibly good physical performance uh, from Steve Cardenas here, because you can feel how awkward, like, Rocky feels right right now. Yeah. It is is so, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just keep walking left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Oh, hi, girls. familiar with Rocky, but that's not out of the ordinary for him. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's perfect. I love it. Uh... And then so, as he's as he's walking, the two girls like are looking like, oh no! And it cuts back to him in slow motion as he bumps into this like seven foot tall woman, <laughs> a very oh, tall lady. I know why you're so obsessed They're, with this. Both Got these it. women, yeah, I was gonna say both these women yeah. are much taller than him, and he's in between them, looking really embarrassed. I'm like, no wonder Luke likes this scene. So much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally walk face first into this woman's boobs because that's just the height differential. Well, no, so mm. I, if you go back and look at the like establishing shot, you can see both of them out on the runway with another like actor who's doing the modeling, and they're clearly about his height. He's taller than them, even. But then Rocky comes in, and he's like head and shoulders shorter than both of them in a way that it almost seems like they're standing on something. But why would they do that? I mean, they might maybe be on- to. 
Maybe feels, to emphasize how awkward and small Rocky feels in the moment. I, I don't know. It's metaphorical. Because like, there's, no, feel like, there's like, no way Steve Cardenas is that short. There's just no, no way. I don't didn't, think we, didn't we figure out he's like 5'7"? Yeah, like 5'7 is, is maybe a little short for a guy, but it, he's a head shorter than both so of these women. Here's yeah. the thing but they're about... models, and models tend to be pretty tall. Yeah, Lex, that's, what I, Lex, that's about. Guy. That's what I was gonna say. Is especially <sighs> in the '90s, thinking about like pop yeah. culture idea of models. It's very tall women. So my guess is they're trying to invoke that, even though the actresses they got were not tall enough to pull that off. Right. So at this point, uh, well, and, uh, yeah, just that that shot of him wringing his hands nervously while they both look down at him is definitely there's a gif of that on some website somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's also the, God, the exaggerated motions of it are extremely yeah. late night infomercial. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like he's just completely failed to cut like a slice of bread with a knife and just <laughs> doesn't know what to do. Do you uh, keep bumping into enormous women? <laughs> There's got to be a better way. <laughs> so um, he, Rocky, at this point, uh, hops off the stage because uh, the the architect of this uh, this fashion show is very upset at him and yells, "Stop!" Uh, okay, let's let's just let's just lay this out right now. A big, big chunk of the humor of this episode is mocking the French. And this guy in particular, Can't his name is spelled. We didn't get Simon like, on this one. Yeah, I tried. yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, we. I, I tried to. I tried to to get Matt uh, because again, a lot of mockery of the French, and also right. a <laughs> monster gets shot in the butthole, but he uh, he wasn't available. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, so this guy's name is spelled like Stenchy, but it's pronounced Stenchwa. Right? Uh, no, it's pronounced Stenchwa. Because he does a weird little <laughs> hand gesture as yeah, part of his name. What, what, what was that about? <laughs> he like uh, smacks his lips and like he like smacks his lips together, but then also smacks his lips with his face at the same time. Which I is think not... that's just supposed to be for em- emphasis because he never does that again. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I I don't think that uh, <laughs> that. French is like a glottal language. I don't think has. so either, is the thing. <laughs> but maybe he's also it's... like a fancy, like, you know, pretentious fashion director. So maybe, you know, he's got, you know, kind of a weird name. He's got some, ver- dare I say it, fey uh, qualities to his um, sure. presentation. Yes. There's a lot of yeah. exaggerated movements and um, right. like overly dramatic deliveries. Yes, those are the, those are the two things I know about the French aristocracy: one, effeminate; two, speaking clicks. <laughs> <laughs> Say maybe maybe it's the French equivalent of like giving the finger. Maybe maybe that's yeah. That's why we need Simon here, who's not French. <laughs> no, um, Simon is so, not French. No. <laughs> so yeah, uh, basically he apologizes to Mister Stenchy, and again, that's not his name. Uh, so he he says, "No, it's Stenchois." Uh, and, uh, Kat kind of covers for Rocky and says, like, no, 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 he'll get the hang of it. Um, well, she comes in and says, hey, everybody, you listen, let's just remember this is for charity. And this man rolls his eyes so venomously at the idea that, like, raising money for whatever cause this is, is, like, somehow important. Good, right. good, good thing mentioning whatever causes it because I don't think they ever mention it once nope, the whole fucking sure episode. Don't. No, <laughs> yeah, so this guy keeps talking about how he has like this big reputation to to preserve, and appara- I guess he's a perfume magnate. 
of some kind. Except what? he's not, right? He can't be. <laughs> Evidently, like he like wouldn't he would be doing this if he was actually a perfume magnate. That's, that's the Luke, thing. That's the thing I was going to say. The, is... the scale and scope of the world in this show. Yes, it's very like, small. Angel of Grove High School is the most pretentious or pretentious, prestigious, <laughs> prestigious. Um, yeah, that's location fair. in the world. He's as much of a perfume magnate as it's possible to be in the terrifying hell world of 3099. You're right. Yeah. So he's he's a perfume magnate whose mascot is a skunk for reasons, and he's holding a charity fashion show with volunteer labor for some kind of cause. It's for charity. A gym I and juice see how bar? that's so unclear. Is that a thing, by the way? Do, per- do perfume magnates generally have costumed mascots? <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't think so. But I, you know, it, admittedly, I don't know that much about per- perfume, but from what I understand, it's really more that, like, people who are famous for some other reason, like, you know, again, like, if they're, say, a fashion designer or just yeah, there's some sure. kind of celebrity, they'll come out with, like, a scent. And, like, it'll right. be associated with some perfume company, but, like, it's not, like... You don't really put on like perfume shows, and again, I might be completely talking out of my ass here. And if I'm wrong, no, someone I, write in. I but mean, like, there's definitely like du- Nicole Duar has a, a perfume, and and Ralph Lauren has a perfume and stuff. If you're right, in they, fashion, they, they don't have big goofy cartoon mascots. Though. No, I didn't say they did. That's true. Mm. Also, <laughs> the fact that he's very mad that uh, that Rocky calls him Stinchy and is seemingly like aware that that's a joke about his name. Makes it extra weird that he decided that his mascot should be a skunk. Right. <laughs> um, at, at this point, I can only assume he's intentionally trying to invite the barbs so that he can get mad at them. Yeah. I, like, hey, this dude a question loves screaming at Americans. Here's me digging deeper than they ever meant anybody to. If his name is Stenchwa, shouldn't it be spelt like... S-T-E-N-G-E-O-U-S? Or G-E-O-I-S or something? Yeah, it is spelled S T E N C H Y, which does seems like it would be wrong, That's, but who yeah, knows? Yeah, no, that does not track with the French right. I know. Yeah, like shouldn't shouldn't have been like, oh, I'm so sorry that I messed up your show, Mr. Stenchoice. <laughs> yeah, so so here's the other thing. Uh all of the models are are like volunteers, I guess, except one, because he says well, at least there's one professional here that will not bring complete disgrace. And then we pan over to this one lady. Does she ever her get makeup named? Done. No, I don't think she does. Like, I tried really hard to find it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I, I don't think this character has a name. She's a fashion model. Uh, I think the implication, anyway, is that she's the only professional, because everybody else is just people from the gym and juice bar, question mark? Um, sure, or just Angel Grove. Right. Uh, so we see this woman getting her makeup done, and also we see that Lieutenant Stone has Detective been... Stone, he... Sorry, Detective Stone. Sorry, got thank fired. you. Detective Stone has been hired to provide bodyguard security uh, because, again, this show doesn't know what detectives are for, like, the fifth time. <laughs> also, I mean, this is I mean, more they believable than some things. Could, could, could you imagine, though, if we had, like, the show open up and Bulk and Skull are, like, taking photos of, like, a couple making out, being like, oh, Miss right. Henrietta will be glad to know her husband's cheating on her. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's what PIs normally do in real life. I just <laughs> want to see... I want to see the scene where, like... 
Bulk and Skull are just, have just kind of been shanghaied into being bodyguards, and suddenly Bulk has to take a bullet for somebody. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Lexi, what were you saying? I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, no, just right, like, listen, so- this is less unrealistic than some things, and listen, at some point, they gotta make some money. They gotta pay their the rent well, on that office. Yeah, so- and I... Go ahead. I just want to know why she needs bodyguards. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's no like, like this isn't this isn't a fucking you know models keep getting attacked at these shoots, and so we hired some we hired the fucking psych office to investigate type shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's now, just here doing a volunteer thing. Like, what would she need to be bodyguarded against? Hey, now that you brought that up. I think every procedural I've ever seen has a fashion model episode. Oh yeah, of course. It's <laughs> yeah. It's a for a show that for any show that is very dependent on um applying a formula to interesting and unique settings and scenarios, a fashion show is like an ideal choice. Sure. It makes sense. But yeah, you're right. Like I they don't need bodyguards. There's why. Also, just <laughs> this lady, I guess. Oh, well, I mean, because she's the only important one. Like, oh, she's the sure. only, you know. Right. But, um, like, the only, th- I was going to say, the only threat against her is uh, fucking monster attacks, and <laughs> private <laughs> investigators aren't going to help you with that. No, not, especially not these private investigators. Uh, so, Detective Stone tells her that not to worry because uh, his two best men are well, undercover. His two men. Yeah, his two men uh, are undercover, which I don't know why that helps them, but great. Again, uh, this, like like I said, this feels like a goddamn psych episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see Bulk uh, fucking up a lady's hair, which I love the acting on this because he looks really sad that he did a bad job on this lady's <laughs> yeah. hair, which I enjoy. Um, she, like, runs away screaming, and he just makes this sad face. Uh, and then... In his earpiece, Detective Stone says, get ready. Yeah, their code names are 00 and Agent Zero or something. Yeah, yeah, their number's zero and double zero, which is... Yeah, hold on, hold on. This is incredibly important. Who's zero and who's double zero? Uh, The way the the numbers are introduced and the way they're introduced, I assume Bulk is zero and Skull is double zero. Yeah, I like that. Bulk and Skull, Agent Zero and double zero. I mean, it just kind of fits their dynamic, right? Like, yes. So, is that supposed to be a James Bond reference or a they suck reference? I mean, like, which both? Take your yeah. pick. <laughs> okay. du- like, double O anything is a James Bond reference, Zach. Lucas, yeah, but not double O nothing. Like double O, and that's well, it. Well, that's... it's I, it's it's the thing where like you can actually. Uh, the, the nearest thing I can think of is athletes. You can choose to have your jersey say zero, and you can also choose to have your jersey, jersey say zero zero. And right. ostensibly, there's a difference. So, Luke, do you think there's a chance that Bulk later grows up to be zero from Metal Gear Solid? I don't. I mean, <laughs> what are? We, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luke, you can just say no. That's fine. <laughs> But Luke, I could I could feel Luke's desire to make stupid theories right. battling with his knowledge of Metal Gear Solid. Yep. <laughs> so that was exciting. I, I, I want to say yes, but I can't. I thought his so, I don't was like him saying I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that was it, and it was a long pause. But then so, he kept going. 
So, uh, so Skull is dressed up as the aforementioned skunk mascot. Yes. Um, Which I, I saw this and I immediately, like, my first thought was immediately Hitman for some reason. Yes, Skull <laughs> is Agent 47. Well, no, he's right. Agent 00. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, just got through this. So he, he, he goes out onto stage. They're getting ready for their, uh, their, their rehearsal and uh for some reason this undercover uh bodyguard has been given like one of the most important parts of the fashion show uh which is to to walk out as the uh mascot and say in the world of monsieur stenchois even a skunk can come out smelling like a and i assume it's rose but he can't remember the line okay got it um, and he upends this giant prop bottle of what I thought was champagne. Yeah, well, uh-huh. so he knocks he knocks a model into the bottle, and then the bottle spills. Evidently, this giant fucking prop bottle, because this is a cartoon, yeah, is actually full of the perfume. <laughs> right. I don't know yeah. if it's perfume, but it's something that stinks. Well, yeah, that, right. here's, the, here's the thing. Like, a, why is the prop bottle actually full of any liquid? B. Yes. Why is it full of the perfume and not just, like, water for the commercial? See, ex- why does the perfume smell like skunk juice? Yeah, yeah. So, so th- it, that's that, that's more making fun of the French in the world of high fashion is like, oh, this perfume fucking stinks. Okay, so perfume is normally s- sold in fairly small bottles, yes? Yes. Yeah. And it's usually fairly... I'm going to guess that something like this is probably somewhat expensive. Right. Yes. How much money's worth of perfume do you think is in this goddamn bottle? $1,000. Let me ask you, though. Are we talking about... I I will preface this by saying I don't know shit about perfume. But my suspicion is that it's one of those things that, like... Yes, it's expensive, but it's not necessarily expensive to produce. You know what I mean? Um, It's like a status symbol. Uh, Depending on how it's manufactured, some of the stuff that goes into, like... Real, quote-unquote... Perfume, right uh, from the perfume is, region of France, is fairly expensive. Like you pay okay. a pay a pretty penny for ambergris. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that stuff sure. is expensive. So so here's what I'll say. Uh, my initial thought was that actually not that that this was not that weird because I have worked in a cube farm with people who wear too much perfume. Oh yeah, right. and it it's, sucks ass. It's awful. Yeah, um, that's true. But the thing is, they fix it with tomato juice later, right. which tells yeah. me that it's not perfume. It's literally skunk smell. Every what? piece of evidence <laughs> leads us to believe that it's just skunk stink. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe tomato sense. juice just gets rid of odor in general. I mean, it well, does. I mean, tomato juice doesn't even work on skunk no. smell. It's just that it's, it's a, a mess, strong yeah. smell on its own and it kind of covers it up. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, I just uh, I just thought that was very very funny when I yeah. realized like, because my initial thought again was like, oh yeah, too much perfume, and then later I was like, wait wait hold on, right? Wait a yeah, that's what I was thinking too, Zach. That it was just because there was so much of it. Because a strong that much perfume of like even the sweetest smelling perfume would be like right. repulsive with that amount, but like. Yeah. It's supposed to be also just stinky, apparently, which is right. stupid. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, everyone just fucking vomits. Like, everybody immediately reacts horribly. 
and even Monsieur Stinchois is like gagging. So here's uh, here's the thing. Everyone around this model is acting like they can barely breathe, but the model just looks upset. Like, if this stuff really stunk, you'd think she would just about be passing out. Right. There, there are two people in this episode who have anosmia and cannot smell, and it's <laughs> never really mentioned because Jason also later is like, wait, we smell bad when everyone else is freaking out and it's just that line and then no one else mentions I it ever again. I was 100% expecting this episode to end up with, like, Jason saves the day because he's the only one who can't smell the monster's odor or whatever and can get close to it. <laughs> he's like Krillin nope. in that nope. when he fights a stinky boy. Well, <laughs> right. Yes. Nope, it just gets mentioned and then dropped. Uh, so, yeah, this lady is, like, covered in this stuff and, and she's just like, aww, Beans. Like, How am I ever gonna yeah. get this smell out? Yeah, I yeah. I mean it absolutely looks like this should end in a wah 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 wah. Oh, also the sound effect of this champagne spilling is like the slime noise from fucking Nickelodeon <laughs> instead of like a normal liquid. I for- almost forgot that. I don't know why they chose to make it sound that way. Um yeah, it's really strange. We cut up to the moon. And uh, Sprocket says, I'm glad to see we're not the only ones who are stinkers, which is a weird line. Uh, Louis Kaboom says, I hope you're not talking about. Yeah, he says, I hope you're not talking about me. Uh, And Sprocket says, well, you haven't had any more luck destroying the Power Rangers than we have. I mean, he's been there for one episode, but that's fine. Okay, so let's let's Lexi, you're saying. You were saying something about, like, his original character in the O-Rangers? Okay, okay, yeah, so, um... I'm really curious about this. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, la- I assume you got, I mean, uh, you covered last week's episode. Like, in Zeo, he was, uh, fucking, uh... A missile. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just a random monster that, like, I don't know, supposedly Rita and... Zed, Zed yeah. Yeah, they, and, they sent him up there to fuck up the Machine Empire, yeah. Yeah, and um that's and he's just gonna kinda talks like a like a fucking two bit mobster. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah. So in in O Ranger, like he's sticking around, which is weird, and that's because in O Ranger he was a like one of Emperor Bacchus Wrath's troops who tried to take over the Machine Empire and was exiled for, you know, failing to do so. And uh, after the Emperor was killed, he shows back up to try and usurp it. Um, Like, he challenges uh, Prince Boldont, which is uh, Sprocket in uh, Zeal, to a duel, wins, and then banishes Boldont, and then... Spend some time trying to, I guess, win Empress Hysteria's affections before right. eventually banishing her too and declaring himself the new emperor. Okay, right. like okay, he's kind of a happened. major back half <laughs> character. Yeah, like that kind of happens, but it's more like he just shows up and is like. I'm in charge now, but also he wants to impress Queen Machina, so it doesn't really make sense. Right. So and the Sprocket I'm, thing's not there at all. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, in 
in the Sentai, this all makes sense because, like, he has a history with the kingdom. Like, he's, you know, got this, uh, you know, desire for power. I assume the, like, metal and the, like, bombs marks on his chest are, like, commendations for, like, oh, sure. successful military campaigns or something. And, um, like, he seems to be a distinguished character. And here he's a fucking joke one-off monster who just kind of sticks around. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very strange. It's extra weird that uh, Zed and Rita decided to try to stop the Machine Empire with a robot. It just hey, seems pal, like bad I planning. I might not have a fancy car like you, but I don't want you to call me a joke. I'm a little bit I'm not going to get into it now, but um, whenever his last episode is, remind me to tell you how he how he exits the Sentai. Oh, yes, please. Good. So uh, Queen Machina has, has an idea because of the stinky stink juice. Uh, and... Uh, Louis Kaboom says that he's rewired himself so that now the the Power Rangers can't control him with the cool uh, the remote control that they had. Okay, so okay. That's so good. so the government they put this chip in my in my brain, but it's okay. I did surgery <laughs> on myself and got rid of it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm Louis Kaboom. Um, yeah. Oh, God. So uh, they uh, Queen Machine is like, good, now the Rangers will come out smelling worse than that perfume. And then we cut to Billy and the B-plot of this episode, which seems like it should be a way bigger deal than everybody yeah. treats it as. So disjointed from everything else that's happening. Like, this, this episode feels so packed, and this one plot was like, why is this happening? Like, this doesn't yeah. have anything well, to do with yeah. anything else going on. It legitimately <laughs> feels like it was shot for a different episode and spliced into here. Yeah. So basically, um, there's a, so just heads up, uh, gang, some behind the scenes, there's some thunder outside. So if I just, if this whole thing just stops, that's why. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you guys know. Anyway, um, we are, uh, uh, right. Billy is, is picking up some readings uh, that essentially say there's a giant object moving very fast directly towards Earth, and later he mentions that if it hits us, we're just all dead. Nobody really seems that worried about <laughs> it. Dinos- it makes it sound like a dinosaur-level extinction event. Yes. Um, he says it's like a million tons. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and like, to- Tommy's like, oh, that looks like it's 20 stories tall. Actually, 25 and a million tons. Yeah. <laughs> One million. I, listen, tons. listen, folks. I know they just pick big numbers because they don't give a shit. Uh-huh. But one million tons. <laughs> One and six zeros. Tons. Yeah. So we are also told, told there, there's a transmission from Trey of Triforia, uh, which. The Earth weighs I mean, a lot more than a million tons, I think. Okay. Yeah, does, something, yes. if something a million tons collided with Earth, we'd be fucked. Well, yes. I was trying to figure out. I was, How I was much hopeful does that it would turn the into Earth way. <laughs> yeah, so I looked Trey, it up just now. So Trey uh, just says in tons. Okay. Uh, Five point nine two times ten to the twenty-first power. So, so that's lots, more than lots. a million. Yeah, mm-hmm. many. A million um, is ten to the sixth power. There you go. So uh, I know math. <laughs> great. Good. At least somebody here does. So um, Billy also picks up a transmission from Trey that says, "Rangers, you are in great danger," which seems obvious, it's, but okay. It seems um, it seems like it's like a 
like something's interfering with the transmission because it's kind of staticky and it seems like it's looping. Yes. Yeah, it seems like a pre-recorded transmission type thing. They don't explain anything about it, but like it definitely definitely feels like maybe there's supposed to be more to it. Yes. We then cut to Zed driving an RV and Power <laughs> Rangers is good again, just in yes. case you were curious. Uh, because because Zed is driving an RV and he's humming. And uh, Rito says he has to pee, and Rita says, if you ask one more time, you're going to walk, and we're going to turn this thing around, and yeah, God, he I says, missed are, are we there yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah he says, are we there so, yet? Here, so, here's the so thing. Uh, when Rita and Zed were crashing with Master of Isles, Zed just completely snapped, right? Like, he had a mental breakdown. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> um, yes. he's gone from, like, ruthless conqueror of worlds who is furious that he can't get this one planet under his thumb to just cheerfully driving a fucking van with some of his henchmen. I would describe him as cheerful. I mean, he's he's humming. humming. (laughs) He is humming. But he, he, so basically he's mad that they lost the remote for Louis Kaboom. And he says, I will fit. So Zed is a dad that's upset he lost his remote control, uh-huh. basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, he- so he says, he says, we lost Louis Kaboom. And it's like, thanks to, thanks to that bonehead. And then, like, you know, Rito's like, hey, watch who you're calling a bonehead, so on and so forth. Uh, but my favorite line is Zed goes, I'm going to get that rocket back. And when I do, and then Rita says, I know, I know. And then everyone except Zed in the car, in unison, says, the world will be mine for the taking. They're, yeah. just, they're just mocking Zed at this point, yeah. and I love it. Remember how scared they were when Zed first showed up? Yes. Remember how it's, scary Zed was when he first yeah. showed up? It's so good. I love how much, like, especially Goldar's suit actor is doing the thing that like little kids do when they're mocking like their parents or whatever. And he's just like doing an exaggerated hand motion. It's so good. I love it so much. I thought Uh, of this while I was watching the show. And then I think now, now sitting here, I'm, I'm wondering if we already made this joke at some point. Okay. Uh, but you know, Zed's like a muscle monster. And Rito is like a yeah, bone monster. Before. Yeah, I was gonna say, has there been like a skin monster? Yes, you've made Luke, that you've joke. Okay. We, we have made asked that if there's before. been a yes. skin monster, and then I think we told you that it's the Rangers because of your horrifying right. theory <laughs> that the Ranger suits is their skin. Which I, I remember still, now. I don't like that one. I mean, I mean you don't thing. like it, but I don't hear you it's, denying yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, it's not good, but it's right. I'm <laughs> denying it. It's not true. It's a, their suits. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, you could say the same thing about a snakeskin once they've shed it. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, like when uh. I was a kid, I used to like to collect the uh, shells of cicadas. Uh huh. Um, and then I'd like just display them in my room until my parents got sick of them and threw them out. Uh-huh. That's basically what Zordon did with the Mighty Morphin suits. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, oh, totally. Jesus, no. Eric, can you? Can you cleanse our palates by just playing the audio from the RV scene here? Because it's, <laughs> it's really so good. Billy, our scanners are picking up a transmission. Ranger 
Avengers. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? Go. Get the fuck out of here, you stupid idiot. Fuck, we're all dead. Get the fuck out. It's from Trey. I gotta go! Are we there yet? Ask him that one more time and you'll be walking the rest of the way! No! Zeddy! Huh? I can't believe you let that bonehead Louie Kaboom get away! Watch who you call it a bonehead! Oh. Well, if the skull fits... Silence! You make my brain ache! I'll figure out a way to get it back, and when I do... I know! The world will be mine for the taking! Oh, oh, sis, are we there yet? Ah! Oh, silence! What'd I say? Oh. Eric, so, don't you dare distract people from this very important lore. <laughs> so, so then we cut to, uh, to Jason and Kat and Tanya at the beach club thing that Ernie set up last episode. Um... And we're just getting right into Jason having a crush on Emily. Like yes. we're not even like we're not we're not pussyfooting around here. We're just mm. right into it. No, he's talking about how she's smart and fun and beautiful. And thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. And Kat says uh, that, uh, that he should invite her to the fashion show. Uh, he says, "Hey, that's a good idea." And then Tanya says, "Hey, why don't you be in it? We need more guys." And then Jason is a big misogynist, which is yeah. a bummer. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so dumb too, because like male models are a super a thing. Like they've already shown some, but society has traditionally yeah. looked down on them significantly because toxic yeah. masculinity. Yeah, he he says it's he does say no offense, which like that's is, what every asshole oh, no. dude says before <laughs> saying something he knows is offensive. Oh, I know, I know, but uh, he says that, and then he's like, "I just thought it was more of a thing for girls," and they just kind of roll their eyes at him, so, which is the proper resp- response. Yeah, this was really disappointing because up to this point, I was thinking, you know, I think this is the most relaxed and comfortable I've ever seen Austin St. John. Yeah, <laughs> on the show, and he's not like just working out. Like, right. It's also kind of a bummer because I know Jason has like relationships in the comics, but I still sort of liked our Jason was Ace theory from the show because he just loved punches mostly. <laughs> um, so it's kind of a bummer. Mighty Morphin t- kind of backed that up too because um, there was a uh like a, a fan or not fan video, but a video for fans that they cut during sometime during season one where, uh, you know, the Rangers talk about their kind of the relationships, to the other people on the team. And Jason specifically describes the entire team as family and mentions occasionally having to sort of be, be like the big brother for Kimberly yeah. and Trini. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked it, but he's got a crush on Emily and that's fine. Um, so... Yeah, but he, uh, he, he completely changes his tune because, right. like, she walks up, because uh, I guess she works for Ernie as a server, and uh, is well, just like, Well, she runs hey, this so place, y'all... doesn't she? Like, that's yeah, that thing. was last episode, yeah. 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 So, uh, she's just like, hey, are y'all doing the, the fashion thing? I think the fashion thing is the coolest thing in the whole fucking world. Yeah, it's amazing, it's awesome, it's super good. She specifically says it's so cool that Rocky's doing it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Just say, is uh, Rocky around so I can tell him how cool I think he is for being a model? Yeah. 
And then Tanya, Tanya's actress has this real good, like, does some business with a straw on her drink and is like, uh-huh. Yeah, she had exchange a look, capital L. Yeah, it's very good. Um, then we cut up to Queen Machina, who uh, we've, we're at the point in the, the bad guy arc where their plan is to make the good guys smell bad. Okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are, no. You are downplaying this plan. I mean... <laughs> Yes. Do you Let, no. Go you, ahead, Luke. You are Queen Machina is a tactical genius. <laughs> now that King Mondo is out of the fucking way, she can do some work and finally deal with this situation. And what is her what is her genius plan? Her genius plan. She's up there. She is a robot. She is a machine. You can talk about metal milk all you want, but they are <laughs> inorganic creatures, and maybe. Okay. Clearly, she has some kind of uh, relationship with King Mondo. Uh, she has installed Louis Kaboom as a uh, puppet ruler so that she can finally take control of the machine throne. Ooh, okay. I like this. He destroyed the <laughs> control device, but he's still under control. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is deep, man. Her, her plan, she's up there like, Oh, these organic beings just, oh, they're so disgusting, always fucking and touching each other. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a monster that makes it so they're too grossed out by each other to fuck. Then we just wait about 70 years and we win automatically. No. The machines, what's a, what's a century to us? Here's what would happen, though, really, is if everyone stank like that, eventually right. we'd all go nose blind and just adapt. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. And by eventually, you mean, like, a week. It does not yeah. take long. Yeah, like, if you've ever had, like, if you've ever, like, burnt popcorn in your house, it's awful, yeah. but, like, but it only takes like thirty minutes, and then you're like, I mean, this is just where I, this is just what I have to deal yeah. with. Like, okay, so have you ever spent a week like in the winter? Sometimes I just don't leave my apartment because it's right. difficult to go outside. Yeah, um, and so like I'll I'll be in my apartment all all weekend just fine. Then I go out Monday morning, and when I come home, I'm like, oh, oh, my trash went bad on like Saturday, oh, huh? Yeah, right. man. When I used to live in the mountains. Uh, uh, the trash got bad, and it, there was a big uh, snowstorm, and I was just like, I'll just, it'll be okay, I'll just put it right outside the door, and nothing bad will happen, and it'll be fine, because I don't want to smell it. And then the next day, a raccoon had discovered chicken wings, and boy, that went bad for me and everybody <laughs> on the whole hallway, so, yeah. Okay, so, but there are two possible responses to that. One... Yes, she would be horrified to learn that this plan that seems ingenious to her mechanical brain doesn't actually work. Yeah, like, okay. she would she would conceivably know that this is how humans yeah, work. True. Like, that's fair. Right. The, the second possibility, though, is that this is some kind of magical stink that, like, maybe right now it smells like rotten garbage, but then long enough it starts to smell like, I don't know, um, Zach. And then it still smells Aww. really bad. You can't deal with it. No. I guess yeah. I'm like, <laughs> got him. <laughs> That's terrible. But like that was the, I, I, that was the least earned shot at Zach anyone's ever made. Yeah, totally. Um, but like even then, if everyone smells like it, like I don't know. Yeah, like, no, you're you're probably right. Um. So in any case, uh, her her actual plan, though I'm sure the uh, subtext of it is, and they won't fuck. Right. But what? But the stated text is. 
the Power Rangers will hate how each other smell, so they can't work as a team. Okay, yes. great. <laughs> work as a team is a yeah. euphemism. Yeah, for getting in a big pile. Because um, the Power Rangers are just constantly having group sex, right? That's, that's I mean, problem. yeah. <laughs> uh, depends on depends on which fanfic sites you visit. Yeah, true. <laughs> So we cut to well, so, uh, so here's here's the thing. It actually kind of leans into the idea that it's a magic smell if you don't smell your own smell and it's right. just being near other people that bug you. Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna go to a quick break and we'll be right back. In 1954, Toho released Godzilla a highly ambitious monster movie with an experimental style of special effects and a budget big enough to sink the studio. 60 years later, it's one of the longest running media franchises of all time. How did it get there? Why was the creature that destroyed half of Tokyo dancing and smiling for the camera five movies later? How am I supposed to make sense of the multiple overlapping continuities? Join Justin Kizan, Victor Perfecto, and Emily Schmemley in a quest to answer these questions and more on Go Go Godzilla. Available now on BenviewNetwork.com or wherever else you get your podcasts. So, uh, we cut to Skull, who looks good as hell all of a sudden for some <laughs> reason. And I couldn't quite figure out why. I guess it's like... He's got that, like, I was at work, but now I'm off look type thing where he's got, like, a loose tie and, like, uh, a collared shirt, but it's, like, a little rumpled. And I mean, it doesn't help he, that Jason Narvi is just a good-looking dude. He is a good-looking dude. Uh, so he comes over to apologize to this uh, this model. Um, he says he's sorry. Uh, and she basically says, like, well, I can't smell anymore. Because it got used to it, which, again, like... Right. Th- that's... Okay, yeah. so... Th- this anyway. scene is here to show that Queen Machine is... As brilliant as her plan is, it's doomed to fail. Because here's two people, one of whom stinks, who are falling in love with each other. Right. <laughs> so she says, uh, you don't This episode really look- is a subtle masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> She says, you don't really look like a bodyguard. And he was like, well, what'd you expect? And she says, I don't know, somebody like big and tough and dark and handsome and hot. And uh, poor he Skull make, is. Yeah, he makes this face like, oh, fucking coarse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get where you're going with this. Uh, she apologizes and, and says, you know, being a supermodel can be lonely even if you don't stink, uh, which is a fiction uh, pushed upon us by by media, which always tells us that for some reason, uh, very attractive people are lonely. Which hey, <laughs> I mean, I'm very attractive and lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you understand the idea that like you might be surrounded with people that don't have like aren't actually interested in you, but the status you confer on them. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to get angry about it. I <laughs> I just want to say that it is astounding how. For some reason, they seem to care about this scene because the yeah. the camera work is really good. They're like they're actually making sensible cuts that showing the, like the body uh-huh. language between these two people. The fucking yeah. kind of digging each other and like it Real actually chemistry. feels like a competent romantic scene. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, okay, all right. 
And like Jason Todd is playing this scene really well. Like, the yeah, and he's, he's actually like bad, he's, right? he's managing to sell that they're believably flirting without breaking the essential character of Skull. Like he's still fucking chewing gum the whole time. Yeah, it's like, wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know like Narvi's a, a fucking Shakespearean actor. We know he's got those chops. Yeah. But, yeah, like the acting in this show is always awful, abysmal. And then in this one scene, it's not like an Oscar scene or anything, but like it's competent and well acted in a way that is very confusing. Yeah, it's so, it's not just like we know Narvi can bring it because he's done that before. It's it's not just that. It's like the direction cares about what's happening here. The dialogue's decent. Like yeah. they actually put some effort into this scene, and it I don't it's know so why. Weird. It has it's weird that like either. when the show actually gets like genuinely great it's always something having to do with skull (laughs) so here's two things i'll note one there is more to this scene that got cut for time because you because it's in the the like the 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 bloopers basically you can tell there was more to this that got cut the second thing is next season is when the balkan skull spinoff was like really Almost oh, getting true. off the ground. Yeah. So that's so true. like my my thinking is like, hey, maybe this lady will be Skull's love interest, or at least like, hey, let's set up some more for Skull to do. Like, right. let's, let's make Skull endearing. I can't believe we could have gotten an entire show devoted to the best characters in this show, and I instead know. they just wrote them out of the other show. Here's my question, though. What would that show have been? Like, what was the premise of that show beyond just It's Bulk and Skull? Like, what were they going to be doing? I really I don't assume know. they still would have just been detectives. Like, I'm, ass- I'm okay, assuming, like, yeah. the, the crux of the show would have been the detective agency, which is honestly probably why they put so much effort into building that set and setting up the new status quo for them. Is like, that was probably going to be the new show. But was that is that enough to carry a show? Especially if you're trying to sell, like, kids that were there for, like... Monster fights? If the kids think Bulk and Skull is funny, and presumably they do, so yeah, sure. probably. Well, so, Luke, the answer to that is clearly no, because it didn't happen. Well, well yes. Um, so, in any case, he, he, he tells her, you don't have to be worry, worried about being lonely in Angel Grove, because uh, I'll be by your side. And she says, thanks, and it's very Well, he cute. does say, you don't have to worry about being lonely, because I'm never leaving you alone. Which well, yes, that's true. <laughs> it's but maybe a little He's strong. a bodyguard. Like, it's, yeah, no, like, yeah, I, it's, it's a very, I get what you're going for, but who, boy, right. did you uh, pick the wrong words. I don't know. He I, said, because I'm not leaving your side. He doesn't say, I'm never leaving you alone. And that sounds wait, more romantic. Like, no, because he doesn't say. He says it like, "Cause I'm never leaving your side." I think like, it's, it's like I think it's intentional. I think it's intentionally supposed to be a little was creepy. Good. I'm gonna be watching you while you sleep. No, uh, she, no I don't think it's intentional because she smiles at it. Like she's into it. Yeah, no, 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 so, yeah, yeah, that is true. But I think yes. the, the wording was intentional because it's very much a skull kind of sticking his foot in his mouth, and it's just this. She's vibing on him, so it doesn't matter. Oh, see, I, I don't think it's intentional. I think that it was supposed to be like a romantic line that just sounds kind of weird and bad. I, I think it's fine, but okay. <laughs> so so we... let's say, uh, oh, sorry. what I don't okay. know what just happened with the Do... words that it came out of my mouth. Here's what so happens okay. next. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I will say, as much as we've delved into how genuinely good this scene is, my single favorite thing in this episode is what <laughs> we discover next. Yeah. Because we cut to a playground... And apparently, 
bulk and Detective Stone just kind of hang out on a swing set and eat burritos? It's really good. Is it burritos or ice cream? No, it's burritos. It's burritos. I thought it was ice cream at first, but they say it's burritos. Okay, it's great. It's very and clearly burritos. What is wrong with you? No, at yeah. first I it's thought it was SD ice cream too until I saw the I watched it on a phone. <laughs> so, so yeah, apparently Bulk and Skull have special burrito, or sorry, Bulk and Lieutenant Stone have special burrito time. Detective Stone, which, Zach. Which is very good. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and they say, this is so much better than babysitting that stinky model. Uh, uh, so geez. now I'm worried that Bulk <laughs> is cheating on Skull with Detective Stone. Shut the fuck up. The last time Bulk and Skull were on a swing set, they were like, what are we doing here? I don't know. Let's leave. But Detective Stone understands Bulk's love of swing sets. Like, Detective Stone is just Bulk's dad now. Yeah, sure. Okay. I will say, too, like, talking about weirdly good, like, the cinematography in this scene is, it's not amazing, but it's competent enough that I use the word cinematography to describe it. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, And and then, after all these, this praise that we've heaped upon the last two scenes, a stink robot jumps out from the bushes and shoots (laughs) stuff out of his butt. So, you know, it's still powering. This is a very oriented monster, which I, I mean, it's a skunk, so of course. I cannot believe they did not give the same care and attention to the skunk machine spraying fucking stink juice at people that they gave you know the romantic, like, <sighs> banter. You know what's wild? I love this robot's design. It's one of my favorite creature designs we've gotten in a long time, and you barely get to see it. It's it's weird. It's a cool design, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's like a French horn skunk. Yeah. Yeah, it totally has like a French horn piece on its chest. And then like, I, I guess the idea is it valves. Like it just has a ton of valves going all over it. Well, that makes and, sense because right. it's spraying gases. Yeah, because it's it like has, but then it has like a big robot skunk tail thing. I really like it. It's a cool design. Um, it It's also, oh, What's its name? It's got a really stupid name, and I can't remember. It's Stenchy. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, we'll figure it out. No, so Zach, it's it's Stenchy. Stenchy, right? It's, of it's, course. That's that part of the joke is that it's the French guy's name, but pronounced like the word looks. Oh right, and also it's just a skunk, like the mascot is. So yeah, I thought they were going to turn the skunk costume into a monster, but then I forgot they don't do that anymore. No, they just make robots. Uh, well, except last episode in which. Uh, in which Louis Kaboom displayed the ability to magically animate things into robots, but I guess we don't do that anymore. Um, I mean, that makes so, sense, because he was presumably created by Rita or Zed, whose whole thing is just turning right. things into monsters. Sure. Uh, so then Billy tells everybody we're all going to die again, real quick. Just yeah, like, hey, like to the other episode that's happening. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember that we're all about to get fucking space murdered. (laughs) Um, Hey guys, I know that the I know that the fucking uh, apocalypse is coming. Deep Impact is on the way, Uh, but we just got a thing on our scanners that there's a skunk monster. I guess we should go take care of that first. Okay, (laughs) so it's undercut a little bit by the fact that it's a skunk monster that makes people stinky. Although I think that's a more serious threat than you're giving it credit for. Um, But. while I was watching this episode, I did have the thought of, like, this isn't, like, good, but they're trying to, like, have multiple crises at once. Like, 
It's like sure. layered in a way that the show usually isn't. It's They're nice. at least gesturing I... vaguely towards a plot in which people have things to do outside of waiting for the one plot to happen. Right. Well, it, well, here's the thing. No, no. Like, at this point, I was thinking that. And then by the time they resolved this meteor plot, I stopped thinking that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. They fucking... They fucking... <laughs> yeah, we'll get there, but... We'll get there. So we see uh, we see a monster, the monster on the viewing globe, and, uh, and, and B- Billy's line... <laughs> like, I mean, this is what's happening, but for some reason, the, the text of Billy's line makes me laugh very hard, which is that it appears it's a monster that shoots people with a ray that smake, makes them smell really bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is not me making it funnier. That's what he says. It's, it's an implicitly <laughs> stupid <laughs> concept, so it's going to sound stupid no matter how you talk about it. Yeah, a ray, concept. Though, Queen Machine is a genius. It's clearly like not a ray, it's smoke, but okay. <laughs> I mean, Billy doesn't know what things are. It's fine. <laughs> um, Zordon showed us his plan is to ensure that humanity refuses to interact with one another due to their odious odor. Again, interact is a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, On a I long don't... enough timeline, this plan was bulletproof. Everybody more. I mean, yes, it's true. Gone. You can't shoot a smell. That's true. You cannot. You cannot shoot smells. Uh, everyone morphs, including. Uh, I think this is the first like group morph, which is cool, because uh, Jason's there too. Um, we all show up. That's to That's basically fight. his morph. I'm here too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Yeah, because it's yeah. different than everyone else's. Well, yeah. He says he says Gold Ranger power rather right. than like he doesn't Zero get Ranger a number. One color. He, he is not a number. He's a human being. Yes. <laughs> well, it kind of um, reminds me of like number how, like, six. They all said dinosaurs, and then Tom would be like, Dragon Sword! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real thing! Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> favorite dinosaur, a dragon. Uh, oh, no, a Dragon Zord. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dragon Zord. That's, That's right, yeah, because it's not an animal, it's just a sword. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a pretty decent. Uh, it's been kind of a while since we got, like. Actual Sentai in- footage? Well, and also, like, suited fight against the monster. Like, I feel like we haven't seen that in a little bit. It's It's been a little while. Um, and it's kind of cool. Uh, and then he just turns around and shoots green stuff out of his butt at everybody again. Which, like, I'm sorry, but, like, it's just very difficult to take it seriously, even in the context of Power Rangers, when the monster just farts on everybody. like that's... Yeah, and that's exactly why it's such a brilliant plan, because people won't take it seriously. <laughs> it also is effective. Like, they are struggling to... Uh, oh, yeah. They're struggling to fight this guy while trying not to throw up in their helmets. Yeah, so the, the fight... The remainder of the fight is everyone fighting while also holding their, like hand up to their nose, which doesn't make sense because they're in a helmet, unless you go with Luke's theory, which I no. hate. No. Emily <laughs> just says no. At the very <laughs> least, the helmets are not part of their body. We take those off all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, they just I shed mean, a layer. It's fine. Shut yeah. up. No. <laughs> uh, so it's like peeling then, a sunburn. Then we get another, hey. uh, another hey. deal where Billy's like, oh, the thing's still coming, but... Uh, uh, oh, so, sorry. And then Alpha says, well, what will happen, Billy? And Billy says, well, it'll be what like a... What do you think's ho- going to happen? <laughs> he says it, it'll make the Grand Canyon look like a pothole, which is like, yeah. So here's 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 my question. Why does 
why is Billy so sure that this isn't going to burn up in the atmosphere like most space debris? Because it's a million tons. It's very it's large. Twenty-five stories tall. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly. I don't think most space like debris is a million tons. <laughs> um. So then, uh, Tommy and Jason do a cool double kick onto Stenchy, who flies backwards, and then says, "Well." Uh, you know, whatever. I already stinked you, so bye. And he teleports away. His, uh, he, he, says, he 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 vanishes in a puff of stench gas. He also says "stink you later," which made me so angry. It's "smell you later." What the fuck no, that's, are you that's, doing? That's the no, joke, he's... though. He they smell. Yeah. He makes he makes the stink. Right. <laughs> They'll smell Fine. him later, Zach. Zach, I'm, I'm with you. Don't <laughs> worry. I I'm, I've got your back on this one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so he teleports away. Smell uh, me later, I would accept. Sure. Um, Billy brings everybody back to the command center. Uh, he says, God, you all smell so bad. Okay, uh, hold on, hold on. Time out. Fucking hitting the brakes. Alpha also is freaking out about how everybody smells. Yeah. yeah. How does he you know? know? What, what, what's the problem with that? <laughs> Alpha doesn't have a face, let alone a nose. So, so you're saying he can't see anyone either, or hear he has anyone? All, yeah, he has olfactory receptors. Yeah, of course. Why? <laughs> why? Do we have? I don't know. Why do we? Why does he have emotions? Because it helps us survive. <laughs> um, so we don't well, get see, poisoned. See, Mike, Mike, here's the deal. Alpha one, he can only feel things. Alpha two yeah, got al- the ability to also see. Alpha yeah. three, he oh. can hear. That was my joke. It's all five senses. At Wait, alpha, at alpha both? eighteen, he'll have all these crazy extra sensory capabilities. I was gonna say, we're gonna meet alpha six before too long here. You yeah, can he see has telekinesis. Emily's <laughs> 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 is better. <laughs> yep. What did you say, Emily? He just doesn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> telekinesis versus can see ghosts. One of those is always funnier. I'm sorry. Uh, so at this, at this point, at this point, the most confusing line of the episode happens, which is Jason is like, "What are you talking about? What smell? Uh, that won't ever come up again." Well, no, they're all like smelling themselves. Like, yeah, what are you? What are you talking about? What? I don't smell. But it, earlier man. they could smell it. So yeah, you said earlier they could smell it because they just gotten sprayed by it. They've already gotten used to it. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty big flaw in the plan, uh, frankly. Okay. Yeah. Um, for some reason that I don't understand, Billy tells them not to take their helmets off. Well, because I, I think they're trying to imply, oh, they can't smell themselves because they are wearing their helmets, but that doesn't make any sense. Cause no, I thought he was implying <laughs> that, like, oh, no, once we get your sweat mixing with this stink, it's going to be... Re- no, just leave the helmets on, guys. It's <laughs> bad enough already. <laughs> the, the actual reason is because there's some behind-the-scenes stuff. With they, 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 you know couldn't schedule David Yost and the rest of the gang well, yeah. to film the oh, scene sure, together maybe. at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, in any case, uh, Billy then says that the object is coming right at us. Uh, they say, what about the Super Zeo uh, Zords? It's like, no, that it's going to take too long. Let me make contact with it, which apparently involves <laughs> shooting a giant yeah. Death he says, Star okay, beam. Hold on. He says, let me try to make contact with it one more time, which implies we've <laughs> yeah. tried this before. And also that he thinks this meteor or whatever can um, communicate. 
I don't think he does because he wants to make contact with it with a death ray. <laughs> maybe he thinks it's sentient like the evil star in Fifth, hey, uh, fifth Element. I have an important question. Yes. Why is he aimed that at the Machine Empire? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair question. Who knows? But yeah, the entire top of the command center shoots out a giant green beam uh, that pulses. And it like you can see it from space. Like it's a huge beam. Well, yeah, uh, they're shooting it at space, Zach. If like you couldn't see it from space, it wouldn't be a very good space beam, now would it? And then yeah, well, okay, fine. And then Tommy's like, "What happened?" Is Billy? Billy's like, "It didn't do anything." <laughs> <laughs> Which it was incredible. nice knowing y'all. Bye. Uh, so he says, "Brace for impact." Oh, Three, what two, a one. Well-made episode, just top to bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, then everyone's alive still, uh, because it landed, it didn't crash, and then Trey of Triforia, for some reason, now his transmission comes through, which basically says, like, hey, you know how the Gold Ranger can't have Pyramidus, uh, because I've got him? Uh, sorry about that, so I sent you this thing to make up for it. It's the warrior wheel, and it's a big robot it's, with a wheel chest it's for fucking, some reason. It's just fucking airman. <laughs> Yes, it is Airman. So two things to note real quick. First of all, last week someone wrote in to tell us uh, to make absolutely certain that we did not skip over the fact that the Defender Wheel in the Sentai was called Tackle Boy. Uh, (laughs) This this thing right here, this is Tackle Man. This is is Tackle Boy. Uh, No, this is Tackle Man. Tackle Tackle Boy we've seen already. No, no, no. This is what what, what they were referring to. Oh, I thought they were saying the Defender Wheel was Tackle Boy. No, here's what's crazy. This, I forgot this season has a Defender Wheel and a Warrior Wheel. It's got both for some reason. (laughs) That, honestly, that explains why it has a football helmet. I was trying to figure that out. Yes, this this is Tackle Boy, and I love him. I love Tackle Boy. He's my son. I cannot believe you all were shitting on the awesome Zeo, like, Super Zeo Zords, but this you fucking love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I stand by that. To be fair, I love the Zeo Zords too, as well. Super Zeo. <laughs> so, me, me and you are the only ones who like them. It's <laughs> <laughs> Danny's tackle boy. It's the Defender Wheel's dad, and he's so proud of his son. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I was real down on this robot until Zach told me what its name was. Exactly. Like, same, I, I, I thought it was kind of stupid, too. But then Tackle Boy, like, come on. <laughs> I had a toy of Tackle Boy. Uh, it was just like you could fold its arms and legs and head up into the wheel. And the idea was you would roll it like the like the Megazord does in this one. And then when it popped, like, when it landed and, like, kind of flopped over, all its arms and legs would pop out, which is not the most, like, intimidating <laughs> thing. It just rolls slowly to a stop and then falls over and then all his limbs pop out. You know what? <laughs> Mood. I, I laughed so hard that I'm lightheaded now at the name Tackle Boy because I'm a child. I honestly, Tackle Boy is one of the toys I might still have in a bin somewhere. God. He's, he's not that big. By the uh, way, we're only calling well, yeah, he's Tackle only a, Boy he's now, He's only a right? Tackle Boy, Luke. Right. So we, we, have, we have to make a pact right now. Yeah. We are never going to refer to this thing as the Warrior Wheel again. No, it is only that, ever like, Tackle Occasionally introduce like, the Warrior Wheel, a.k.a. Tackle Boy, and then call him <laughs> Tackle Boy from there on out, just to 
keep people on the same page. Yeah, we got to keep continuity so, here. Yeah. So, uh, he, God bless like, Tackle Boy. <laughs> Billy's like, I mean, that's the okay. episode name, right? Yes, God bless Tackle Boy. Uh, Billy sends them off to fight, and then says, "I'll try to figure out a way to deodorize you." Um, they teleport out, uh, and. They go to the beach club where a bunch of cogs have shown up for God knows what reason. Uh, in particular, Emily yeah, goes to hide to behind some. St- yeah, Emily goes to hide behind some stuff. Uh, hey, can I ask a quick question? And not to like no. this isn't to, okay. You can ask it then. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> this isn't to, like to shame polyamorous couples or anything like, or polyamorous groups or anything like that. But uh huh, uh huh. Good start. Doesn't Emily have a gr- a boyfriend that we met last episode? No, Duh. I mean they never said they were dating. I think they heavily implied they were. I mean, you're right, they didn't, but I don't think they've ever said anyone's dating also, in Power but Rangers. But also, like, the whole, her whole quote-unquote arc in that episode, in so much as she had one, was her kind of, uh, I mean, I guess he kind of had a change of heart, but it seemed like she kind of wanted to get out of that life. Sure, fair enough. Anyway, I was just curious. Like, okay, I uh, don't know if you guys covered it all, but my... Like it was a fucking, it felt like a fucking B movie from the fifties. Oh yeah, like, yeah, very much. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we covered totally. that. Yeah, and I mean that's yeah. how those always end. Was uh, well, one of two ways: either all the all the bad kids die, or the uh, nice girl who just fall fell in with the bad boys uh, gets rescued by a you know fine upstanding young man. Right, or the bad boy just shoots the good boy's uh, father to death. Yeah, oh yeah, that was and, popular too. And then, like um, in, uh, like in Tough Turf, which is the best one of those movies. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, Lexi, you weren't here, so I had canon that um, the whole thing with the biker thing was all like she's actually the leader of the biker gang, and the whole thing about her being innocent was a farce to get in Jason's pants. Okay, you know, I can buy that. I can, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a fight at the beach club uh, with some cogs and stenchy. Um, the cogs and stenchy. God, this is a fun kind of scene that I don't think we get often enough on the show. Is like just the mooks terrorizing civilians, yeah. and like this is a really fun scene for that because people are just running around in the beach. There's like uh, folding chairs and and like patio tables flying everywhere. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's cool. I, I like it. It gives a nice like sense of chaos that a lot of the fights don't really have. Um, at some point in the fight, uh, Stinchy like throws the Gold Ranger. At which point, um, Emily calls out Gold Ranger. Which I I understand that the Power Rangers are like well known. And everything, but like, <laughs> but the Gold Ranger isn't necessarily. Well, no, but like, do you think that people would just know that that guy is the Gold Ranger? Like, I don't. For some <sighs> reason, that once again, Alpha sends out notices oh, right. to the press anytime his <laughs> roster changes. <laughs> I forgot about that. When yes. he wanted to go like Black Ranger, and he's like, "No, no, I'm the Gold Ranger." <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find a new excuse for that when we when like Alpha's gone is the thing. I, 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 but I, no, I know it's confusing, but uh, just because it's the accents. So anyway, yes, uh, Gold Ranger tells Emily to get his attention. He specifically uh, calls her Emily, which, yes, good work, Jason. Does he? I thought he just said get his attention. 
Well, he does, but then he calls her uh, Emily in just a second because oh, she okay. says she's like, "Hey, jerk face," and then and then, then Jason kicks the shit out of that dude, <laughs> and he like goes flying into one of the tables, uh, and he then just he says, a "Distraction, nice. so we could get it, get at the monster's crotch." Yes, and then he says, "Nice work, Emily. I got it from here. Me, the superhero, not you, the civilian that I just asked to distract the deadly monster." I think it's kind of <laughs> cool when he did that, though. To be fair, it's a stinky monster. The worst we've seen it do to anyone is spray them with like skunk juice. True. Uh, then there's actually, you know what? The shot of of the burritos was amazing. But I'm sorry, this is my favorite shot in the episode because a fucking missile comes out of goddamn <laughs> nowhere, hits Tommy in the chest, explodes, Tommy gets royally fucked up, and then Louis Kaboom is like, hey, it's me! Yeah, that's not a missile coming from nowhere, that's Louis Kaboom coming down from the fucking machine base to join the fight. Yeah. It's so good. It's so funny. Um... Uh, so he's like, hey, I'm here to fight. And then uh, Stanchi makes a bad joke because uh, he says, this makes sense. Better yet, I'll make sense. Get it? Like, uh, S-E-N-S. Okay. Uh, no, nobody did. Sense. So he he gilded that lily. Uh-huh, a little bit. Um, so then he goes to shoot uh, more stench at them, and then they all shoot up his butthole with guns. They <laughs> yeah. shoot guns up his butthole. It's good. I, if they're gonna go this fucking cartoonish, they should have gone the the full Monty on this and had Billy make some sort of cork they could stick up there. So when he tries to spray, it gets oh backlogged. Oh my god, and he that'd be great. <laughs> I just. Here's the thing: their their little hand blasters have been completely ineffectual for a while now, but now. Now they found a crack in the armor. You just got to aim for the butthole. Well, <laughs> now Tommy's going to set up like a firing range in the command center, except instead of aiming for the chest, it's aimed for the butthole. Like there's going to be, there's going to be like it, from here on, the zords are going to be adjusted so that they scan to figure out where a monster's butthole is exactly. In oh case there's some God. weird alien anatomy, you got to find um, that butthole. Okay, and, so and first remember, of all, and, it's not a butthole; it's a scent gland. And second of all, I assume they're effective because this scent is probably very. Flammable. I'm just saying, I want to live in this alternate world where Power Rangers just becomes really butthole oriented. <laughs> and like I'm, when wait, Tommy's doing a, his training sessions, look, his Zordon's catchphrases. Been just about, in just about every episode, you can't get more butthole oriented than that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do skunks have like a a distinct like stink juice? I just figured they pissed on you. No, no it's an no. actual. No, a stink it's juice. an actual thing yeah. that they generate. It's like. St- it's intentionally like sticky, which is why it's hard to get off. You know how you know how yeah. like cats have like a they like spray a scent to mark their territory. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. Get, I, I believe skunks can even get their scent thing removed. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not a it's not a good thing to do to them. No, no, I wouldn't think so. But yeah, it um, is completely possible to remove the scent glands. Yeah. I, I just I just wanted to to make it so that when Tommy does the training, his catchphrase is "Before you blast, aim for the ass." <laughs> I came up That's, with that, that hours ago, and I had to. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, sorry. I, I, I was I was milliseconds away from oh it, and then we God. shifted gears. All I know mm. is I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back to all our previous episodes that Matt was on and change his catchphrase to "Just shoot him in the asshole," and <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. So anyway. 
Uh, this episode continues. It's not over. I know you wish it was. Um, <laughs> You'd think instead... it would be, by all rights. <laughs> like, where else but could it's... they possibly go from here? Well, uh, it, it's time to make the monster big. Uh, um, so I, we get... I do want to point out that, so the Cogs and Louis Kaboom are standing right next to uh, Ratchet and Clank here. And um, they they do the fucking make him big move where he's like on a yeah. the end of a chain and yes. he's like spinning it around and everyone else has to duck to not get smacked by him. Right. And also usually they do that because he's throwing Clank very far. Uh, in this case, it's just like, why don't you just like put him on that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you got to charge him up, you know? Get that kinetic okay. energy. Um, uh, so he gets big. They call the Super Zeo Zords. We get an, an, another amazing shot where they shoot all of them out yeah, of the cannon. Yeah, the, the guy cannon. spooges them out. Yeah, all of them out of the cannon at once. It's but still also coming funny. out of the cannon is motherfucking Tackle Boy. Tackle Boy! Here he is. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Jason summons Tackle Boy, uh, who comes out separately. Uh, who rolls. Yeah, because cause the monster sprays the Zords with stink juice and the Zords all freak out. Yeah, like, they, well, they got faces, so I guess they're like, oh, no, I smell. Um, Boy, you guys really don't understand how robots work. Wait, no, wait, where don't. did the buildings get vaporized by the stink sand? Yes. And <laughs> yeah, also, what? That's got to be something that happened in the Sentai was this thing was like, maybe, maybe whatever it was spraying was like disintegrating people. But, like, yeah, this thing just makes buildings dematerialize. So, Hundreds are dead. So here's the other thing. Um, remember how Jason, for some reason, said he couldn't smell it? The the stenchy sprays on Tackle Boy, and Tackle Boy also can't smell it. Also, I don't think Jason's in there, right? This is like a Dragon Zord situation where he's, like, controlling it's, him. Yeah, I think it's sentient. Uh, we yeah, don't, we it's don't like, get any... Tackle Boy's just out there doing his best. <laughs> We, I, I think they, I think they mean to imply that Jason is piloting this thing, but we get no so visual confirmation the of way that. He, the way he waves his his uh, staff around when he summons it makes me think he might just kind of be remotely steering it with the staff. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in any case, one of my favorite things is power in Power Rangers is when we get to see uh, one person in a robot suit just fucking wail on somebody else in a robot suit, uh-huh. and we get that in this this so, episode. So this so Tackle Boy's got a fucking fan in his chest, right? Like, so that's that's kind of the matchup here. Is this monster shoots a stink gas, but Tackle Boy can, you know, neutralize right. that with wind powers. Of course. Uh, or punches, I, well, which is what so, he actually does. No, like, I'm watching this fucking scene. He, the monster sprays Tackle Boy oh, yes. with scent, and then you would think the fucking fan thing in his chest would move, or whatever it is, would rotate to generate breeze. But no, he just spins around. Yeah, yes, that's like right. Pirouettes he does, to he, fucking yeah. blow away the smoke. He does, like, a spin move. Um so he beats the shit out of He, looks, for he a while. looks like Airman, but he has Top Man's power set for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he beats the shit out of Stenchy for a while, which allows the other Zords to get I, back I on their feet. I do have to say, I'm, I'm bothered. Listen, I love Tackle Boy, and he's doing his best. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he has a wheel. Yes, and, he has a wheel. T- no, he is a wheel. He is a wheel. 
And his attack involves rotating on an axis that is perpendicular to the wheel. (laughs) That was exactly what I was saying, Luke. It makes no sense. Oh, you know what? Lexi, I'm gonna level with you. I zoned out for a minute there. <laughs> I didn't realize we, were, we went past the spinny part and I needed to say what I was thinking no, about. No, it's, it. it's a good thing to point out again because it's a, it's insane. Yeah. So uh, they he beats him up until they can make the, the Super Zeo Megazord, uh, which just picks the warrior wheel up and uses him like a bowling ball. Okay, hold it's on, hold on, hold on. No, it doesn't. Tackle okay. Boy turns into a wheel. The Megazord uh-huh. picks it up, throws him maybe five feet, and then he just pops back up and jumps at the oh, thing. It is that's the, yeah, Mega, it's, the Super it's Megazord really is in goofy. no way necessary for any of this. But, yeah. Okay, you're right. That's fair. Yes, they don't fucking yeah. throw a goddamn wheel at him. They he just turns into a wheel for a bit before doing his attack. For no reason. But he's not called Wheel Boy. He's what? called Tackle Boy. So he has to tackle the monster. It's yeah. it should have just stayed as a wheel IMO, but like, and, just, and like yeah, it's... I, I love Tackle Boy now that we know he's named Tackle Boy. When I first saw this, I'm like, man, the sword finisher is so cool. What the fuck just happened? Why are they using that? It's just, it's <laughs> just <laughs> to circle back to Tackle Luke's Boy. complaint. I thought the rest of us did too. I love Tackle Boy now that I know his name is Tackle Boy. <laughs> to, to circle back to Luke's complaint, though, they made his primary design a wheel and then repeatedly refused to let him actually do wheel things yeah yeah I mean, maybe when he's a tackle man <laughs> <laughs> so uh then to add to the wonderful uh mystique of tackle boy uh tackle boy and the super zeo megazord Share a fist bump, at which point it becomes clear that Tackle Boy is very small. Yeah, no, tackle, <laughs> no, that's why he's Tackle Boy. He's it's Tackle Boy and Zeozord father. He's like he's like maybe up to the chest of the Super yeah, Zeo Sword. It's Tackle Boy yeah, and good. Super Zeo Dad. Yeah, it's very it's adorable. Anyway, this I is the them. best Megazord moment since the uh, Dragon Zord and original Megazord held hands. Yes, that's true. Um. We cut up to the uh, Machine Empire base. Uh, there is a bit where Queen Machina says, Ah, you suck, Louis Kaboom. Um, yeah, she you specifically everything. says, Hey, yeah, if you hadn't shown up, my plan would have worked fine, which isn't true. Him showing up so, had nothing to do with them defeating the monster. No, also, Louis Kaboom uh, uses weird slang, and at this point, he calls her a regular Pipperoo. Okay. The actual fuck is that? No, I don't know. Nothing, probably. Uh, so then we cut uh, to back okay, to you the- know what? No, 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 I'm rewatching the final attack. I disagree. I like it because he he gets bowled like a bowling ball to like and rolls down to build up momentum and then like launches out of that into a body slam. That rules and is better than if he'd stayed a wheel. A swinging song by Glenn Miller and his orchestra called I've Got a Gal in Kalamazoo drops the line, what a gal, a real pipperoo. Okay, Um, but he uses it as an insult, so that doesn't make sense. Does he? Does he, though? Maybe not. No, his whole deal is he's trying to bang Queen Machina. Okay. I think he's into how how she's degrading him. The weird thing I've got here from, from the quick Google is that, like, uh, Pipperoo may derive from a particularly desirable type of apple called a Pippin. Okay. What? No. 
I think it's <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what this thing says too. But I just uh, no. <laughs> Lexi, Lexi would like to uh, weigh in on uh, your your fact, and uh, no, actually, <laughs> it turns out. Um, so we cut to the. I mean, I'm not going to dispute that. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the fashion show. Um, Bulk asks uh, Detective Stone, "Hey, do you notice that something doesn't smell anymore?" Uh, they sniff. And Can we just mention that this shot is like super zoomed in, oh, fisheye yeah, lens, no, them mugging for the camera? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they did it this way. Um, uh, <laughs> for some reason, Lieutenant Stone says great detective work, or sorry, Detective Stone. Yeah, because he, he opens it up as, hey, do you know what I just noticed? And he's like, no, what? And he's like, it doesn't smell anymore. Like, he's presenting it as this sleuthing. Yes. Uh, the model, who again does not get a name, as far as I can tell, Says, thank you for assigning me your best man, Detective Skulovich. Uh, without him, I would never have gotten rid of the smell. Um, everyone is surprised that Skull did a good thing. And then he rolls... Detective, Detective Stone just makes the best face. He's like, Skulovich? Yes. Skull then wheels in on a dolly a <laughs> giant, like, dr- oil drum yeah, this is an industrial <laughs> drum. This is what fucking, uh, like... Factory level painting operations get their like paint out. You like of. stole this from a soup kitchen. <laughs> I don't think soup normally shows up in drums like that. That's for toxic <laughs> chemicals. <laughs> where where did Skull procure this much tomato juice and for how much? I mean, you just heard my theory. <laughs> he stole it. Yeah. Um. So. Skull rolls it in and he says, yeah, I just used tomato juice. I got the idea from an old Partridge Family episode. Uh, (laughs) This is my favorite Ranger Wiki note ever. Oh, great. Which is that it tells us that the episode of the Partridge Family in question is But the Memory Lingers On, a real (laughs) episode of the Partridge Family. That's amazing. (laughs) You want to know what's messed up? I'm reasonably certain that this isn't the first time Skull has credited a rerun of an old TV show for his idea to a solution to a problem. That makes fucking sense, though. Yeah, Skull watches a lot of Nick at Night. It just makes sense with Skull's character of, like, of course he solves all his problems by emulating stuff he saw in hokey old television shows. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, he, he came up with this idea from an old uh, Partridge Family episode. Uh, him and the, the model seem to be on good terms. Uh, we see Tanya and Kat show up uh, dressed up in nice dresses. Uh, and then Emily comes, too. Oh, the acting in this scene is so bad. Yeah. I was like, hi, hey, how how's it going? Oh, it's going okay. Oh, wait till you see. We'll tell you what's going to... Like, it's so... What's happening? I don't it's know. Very this, seems pretty, this seems pretty true to life of meeting some people you kind of know at a high school fashion show. It does... It sort of does feel like this is two girls and then, like, a girl that they know but aren't friends with. But who they like want to be nice to though, because she like one of their dude friends. Yeah, it sort of works for me. Um, but anyway, we then see Monsieur Stenche uh, with Madame Stenche. With yes, Stenche. true. 
whatever. Stenchois. Stenchois. Stenchois, sorry. Uh, and and he says, here we go, here it is, here's the... the uh, God, this fucking perfume bottle is so bad. <laughs> yeah. The color scheme, the shape, the label that's just awkward clip or word art of his name on a black background it it's like half a step up from the timmy p's real brand mayonnaise bottle like yeah it's nowhere near as funny as timmy p's he doesn't even get a fucking jingle um so here's the other thing this is one of those end of episode things where it's like, boy, they really needed another like eighty seconds, huh? <laughs> yeah, the episode pretty much resolved with like four minutes left, and this is what they filled it with. Yeah, it's. it's I'm so is very glad long. they did, though. Yeah, I listen. I'm so glad they did because it's amazing. Mm. It, it's. I mean, describing these fashions were dated when this show came out. Yeah, describing these it's not going to do it a ton of good. justice. Yeah, it, you watch it if you can. Uh, it's on Netflix. There's some real choice Every ones. Every one of these outfits is insane. Rocky. It's, it's, it's very like, 70s. It's very, it actually reminds me of Totally Spies. Uh, sure. Just from having watched that. Rocky yeah. specifically comes out in a blue uh, T-shirt that like, but then, but then yellow and red plaid Capris, basically. Here's the thing. Like, here's um, here's here's the thing. Okay, the the clothes the women are wearing are goddamn nuts, and I don't even mean the kind of <laughs> like I don't mean the kind of like weird artistic nonsense that you normally get at a fashion show. This is just right. This looks like what a three year old would put together if you gave them a bunch of old clothes and like some arts and crafts equipment. It it's, reminds me of. Uh, like when there's a TV show and they time or a movie and they time travel to the 80s nobody, and everything's just in the too 80s many colors like this. This is nonsense, but <sighs> for the women, at least it's flashy, weird nonsense. The guys, right. one of the guys, is just wearing a goddamn jean suit. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Rocky is wearing, uh, like you said, Rocky's wearing a goddamn T-shirt Canadian with tuxedo. fucking capris. Like it's not even. <laughs> They just raided a goodwill for the dudes. <laughs> Rocky got promoted. That like he went from ruining the show at the beginning of the episode to now he is on stage at the same time as the like star model. Yeah. Now I want to say that what Jason comes out in first of all, <laughs> it's all red mostly. So yeah. some, some Red Ranger stuff going on. Uh, he has pl- red plaid golf pants, basically. And he really wants everyone to see how they shape his ass. Yes. You know uh, what? To be, you know what? Fair on that one. I'll give him that one. <laughs> he turns around and like lifts up the tails of his suit jacket to show off oh, his ass. No, no, no. To I be, think that's to a be standard fair, move. Yeah, this is a fashion show. You do that so they can see how the pants like. Like, if they can't see the pants, you're not showing off the fashion. Maybe that's why models do it. That's not why Jason's doing it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, he has but what I what I super love is it. It also incorporates all of his colors because, in addition to the red and yellow plaid pants and the big red uh, jacket, he's wearing the shiniest T-shirt. Yeah, but it's silver. Yeah, no, his color is none of his colors is shiny. 
His shirt. His I'm going to be honest. When I started saying that sentence, it wasn't on the screen yet, and I misremembered it as being gold. <laughs> I was really praying that by the time I got to the end of that, I could right the ship, but I couldn't. Well, and so the jacket, it's basically like a smoking jacket, like a Hugh Hefner right. thing. It's got black lining, so he does have black and yellow slash gold, but his shirt is like shiny like silver satin basically yeah it's wild looking uh and then and then he does like a turn and that's oh right i was gonna say that's the episode but no it's not the episode because then at the very end skull comes out in his amazing terrible uh skunk costume at which point for some reason that some of the models remove the head of the costume yeah. Yeah. He's also uh, uh, locking arms with the uh, with the model lady yes. that he's Who been. Who kisses yeah. him on the cheek at the end? Right. Yeah, and he he finally nails the slogan, and it's like that. And then he gets the kiss, and it's like, oh yeah, he does this great pose where he crosses his arms, and like yes. it's almost like a gangster pose, and he like yeah. he does, and it's like, yeah, way to go, skull. And he gets the kiss and, on the cheek, and it's the freeze frame, and just yeah. Yeah. It's it's very cute. I enjoyed it, but yeah. You know, I will say <laughs> as they're walking out. Maybe those models are just that tall, and it was just because they're also taller, like a good bit taller than Skull. Yes, so maybe that's just how tall they are, and they were just—you don't see them next to other people that aren't tall, and that's why it looked weird in the beginning. (laughs) Oh man! Uh, So I was watching the bloopers as you or the you know the end credits thing as you guys are talking, and the very last one is that same scene of uh, they ended on with her uh, kissing Skull, but immediately after the kiss. Like, he leans in and then, like, dips her, and it's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and that's it. It's a fun episode. It's real stupid. Uh, Really busy. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Which is a weird complaint for us to have about Power Rangers, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, the the whole, like, not even B, but, like, C plot being that the world is going to be destroyed and no one really, like, reacts well, to it that and then, much. Yeah, and, and then there was just being revealed that, no, Billy was actually completely full of shit the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and just, and like, the, we get the introduction to a new Zord. There was that fun scene in the Winnebago, like, where we got to see Zen Rita. That was great, but it had nothing to do with anything. No, it's very short. Like, like there's it just was, a lot of was, stuff going on here. It was very much a, a whole by... Oh, by the way, these characters still exist. Yes. But, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with almost every scene. It's real goofy, so that's fun. Uh, yeah. I've missed just full-on Goof Troop Power Rangers, so we got that some this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this nice. this episode is full of the shit we come to Power Rangers for. Yes. It's very AKA silly. Tackle Boy. Tackle Boy. Tackle uh, Boy. Boy. Tackle uh, Boy. Tackle Boy. Tackle, tackle Boy. boy. Tackle yeah, the other Zords just come out carrying him. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. like the final scene in Rudy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the original Tackle Boy. And he's the same height as Rudy. The, the, yes, Tackle Boy. Uh, so oh my God, somebody Photoshop the Rudy poster so that it's Tackle Boy, please. The, the, the sad postscript to Zio is that later Tackle Boy gets indicted for securities fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that what happened? Yeah, Rudy. Well, Rudy became an investment banker, and then later he was indicted for securities fraud because he's a white collar criminal. So enjoy, enjoy that knowledge if you ever go watch Rudy again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the episode. It's very, very silly. 
Um, don't have any listener questions this week. Uh, I, uh, we I have one. It wasn't actually okay. technically sent to us, but it absolutely needs recognition. Okay. Uh, friend of the show, girlfriend of Emily, uh, Cassie, at Definitely <clears throat> Exists on Twitter, says, honestly, the Zeo lyrics should say, powered up for Tor, and then Tor's there. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. I also job, agree. Right? Uh, <laughs> do you think do you think Tor and Tackleboy would be friends? Yes. 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 Of course. Tor would get flipped over, and Tackleboy would pick him up, and then they would. And then Tackleboy tackle would ride into battle on Tor's back, and Tor would like get huge and launch him. <laughs> it would be yes, fantastic. Perfect. Uh, so that's this is the this is the show. kind of fan fiction that we need more of. Yeah, is that's the, the fucking adventures of Tor and Tackleboy. Yep, that's it. Yeah. That's hey, the hey, new show. Comics. I I know you got. Boom Comics, I know you guys listen to the show. Um you can you can follow <laughs> up that uh that Ninjor and Blue Centurion running thing with the adventures of Tor and Tackle Boy. Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh so you will have to come up with some sort of retcon thing about how for some reason he was went by the name Warrior Wheel for a while, but like no, his real name's Tackle Boy. Don't you know just no, his, don't, his name is Tackle don't, Boy. Don't. His like code name is uh, oh right, whatever. like X, like X and Mega Man X, where X is his name, but no, Mega Man X. I, I kind of his... meant more like how Jason's called Gold Ranger when he's the Gold Ranger, oh. but his name is still Jason. Sure, fair enough. Uh, so that's gonna do it uh, for so, us this week. Uh, I Zach, think. Where can people send questions if they do have them? Oh, thank you. If you have questions, you can send this to us a couple places at Teens with Tude on Twitter. Teenagers with Attitude is our Facebook group. And teenswithtude at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, so send in some questions. Or uh, just gotten a bunch. if you want to praise Tor some more, just go ahead and send those to us, too. That's also great. Uh, also, if you want to just Photoshop Tackleboy into any film poster, please do. <laughs> uh, just Photoshop Tackleboy into, like, the ensemble shots from a bunch of different sitcoms. Uh, put Tackle Boy in the little in the fountain on Friends. Put Tackle Boy. <laughs> nope, that's the only one I could think of. Yep, put Tackle Boy there. Only two posters. Uh, <laughs> that big crowd shot from the end of the newest Avengers movie. Put Tackle Boy in there. Honestly, we're at a we're at a really like difficult crossroads as a nation right now. I feel like Tackle Boy 2020 might have some traction. <laughs> <laughs> ah, traction, I get it. Oh, because he's a mm. wheel. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Um, Luke, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, let me think. You can go to audioentropy.com where there's a bunch of podcasts. I'm on some of them, like Let's Place, which is about video games, or Totally Reprise, which is this show, but for Totally Spies. Yeah, honest, it's about video uh, games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> me and Ashley have been doing, uh, episodes of Let Me Tell You About Evangelion, which... We finished watching Evangelion several years ago, so instead we're just talking about Fully Cooley, which, boy, I liked that show as a kid. You should do Tenchi Moyo next. That'll probably be fine. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel uh, like FLC, FLCL is by the same person who made Evangelion, right? So that makes uh, sense. It's by the same studio. Same studio, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you were going to PAX West this year, Let's Place is doing another live show. Yep. Uh, Friday, 6 p.m. in the Sandworm Theater. You should you should do that. Uh, my offer still stands that I will... Any USB stick that you give me with an audio file on it, I will upload Don't. the Teenagers with Attitude 
Uh, RSS feed, no questions asked. Uh, <laughs> no, please, I, as, God, as, no. As webmistress, I will actually be preempting that. <laughs> uh-huh, well... You might be able to take it down, but you can't stop me. Luke, Luke, that could very easily be abused in ways that I personally will have a serious problem with. I mean, obviously I'm not going to put... What do you take me for? (laughs) Okay, so, uh, Lexi, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Nah, man, I don't do anything. Okay, Emily? Yeah, Twitter. Uh, This is Emeralds. Uh, And Mike? Tackle boy. <laughs> just like And the also my, my Twitter is at Michael's Rabbit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, just Tackle Boy. Okay. Well, great. I, I want to raise Tackle Boy awareness. Perfect. I've I've here you go. You should check the Skype chat. <laughs> oh, you did such a you put Rudy in there so fast. Uh perfect. That's okay. I need to send that to Eric to make it the image for the episode. <laughs> That's the toy, right? I love it. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, perfect. before we completely resolve, uh, by the time you hear this, the second episode of The Surviving Culinarian, a culinary podcast I do with my pre- previous roommate, Geneva, will be out. Uh, you should go check that out. Uh, it's about, I mean, they're all about how I fuck up, but this one is also about that. So there you go. Check that out. And that's it. Tune in next week. Uh, where we get another, we get, like, the poor, poor man's ninja, like, not even Blue Centurion level, just the worst ranger ally, uh, so that'll be fun. I've been trying to work on a theory where all the ranger allies are just ninja in different fun disguises, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but I don't know if it holds up. I don't care if it holds up, I like it, so keep working on it. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep working on it. So, for Teenagers with Attitude, I've been Zach. I've been Luke. I've been Lexi. I've been Emily. And I've been Tackle Boy. And may the power (laughs) tackle you always. (laughs) Wait, hold on. (laughs) 